This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. John Morant speaks, and we will hear from him in just moments. And if, in fact, it's enough at this point for John Morant. We'll talk about that in just moments. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We do want to get to you more on the topic of last hour because so many of you have been chiming in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's hit Chris in North Carolina first this hour on ESPN Radio. Hey, Chris, what's going on, dude? Hey, guys, I appreciate taking the call. I want to go off topic, and then I want to make a comment on Lamar. But I'm just curious, uh, Canty, Carlin, Stoltz, uh, Dallas obviously upgraded the roster big time uh, with a cornerback. I- I'm just I'm just wondering, hypothetically, if they go out and trade for Hopkins, uh, in your eyes, does that make them the team to beat in the NFC? Uh, and then just a thought on Lamar. I think Lamar's a great quarterback, but I think it's unfair to compare team signing six seven million dollar annual year contracts for a person who's looking for 200 300 million guaranteed with a career 63 percent completion rate so just a thought there i think he's a great quarterback but and i i don't i don't think it's fair to compare the bucks given baker mayfield seven or eight million uh, the bucks shouldn't if the buck are the bucks interested in winning that's what i want to know that's like the are, are you interested in winning yeah because it, if you're interested in winning you don't bring baker mayfield there you, and, and, you you pursue Lamar Jackson. No, and here's the curious thing about Lamar. We we look for everything to knock him down a peg in terms of trying to discuss the caliber of player he is and the difference maker at quarterback that he has the potential to be for any of these franchises. Like Lamar Jackson was a unanimous MVP. That that means the people that vote for the MVP, they were saying this guy was the best player in the sport, there ain't a lot of quarterbacks that have the potential in any given year to do that. He's one of them. Why the hell are we bringing up completion percentages? And while we're breaking down those completion percentages, let's go through the splits and see who the hell he was throwing the ball to. How about we start with that? Because the general manager and Eric DaCosta said at the combine, we haven't done a good job of finding that number one receiver for our quarterback. We haven't done a good job with putting the right system around them. That's why they fired their offensive coordinator. But yet we want to hold all of those things, all of the shortcomings of the organization, we want to hold them or we want to put them on Lamar. I just think it's incredibly unfair. We're not saying that Lamar Jackson has to be guaranteed a $250 million contract. What I am saying is if you're a quarterback needy team, how the hell do you not even have the conversation? How do you how do you justify Taylor Heineke in Atlanta yeah. and not Lamar Jackson if something's not up? No, no, if no. You're no, not no, trying no, to prove no, a point. Not, not even that's the part that people miss, man. They're trying to prove within, a point within hours of yes. the Ravens. Set, sometimes I think the Ra- the the, the, the Falcons came out in minutes. It was 15 minutes after the Ravens yeah. announced it. They put the tag on them. The Falcons came out 15 minutes after that and said. We're not interested in Lamar Jackson when clearly they're interested in veteran quarterbacks. Otherwise, they wouldn't assign Taylor Heineke. I hate when we have to have this conversation because people want to make it about completion percentage or Lamar Jackson not staying healthy. They gloss over the fact that he's a unanimous MVP. They gloss over the fact that his team is in the postseason for the five years he's been the quarterback. They gloss over the fact that they had a winning record every single year he's been there. What the hell are we talking about? 45 and 16. 45 and 16. 
When you want to win, you go get a great player. You don't try to make a point by avoiding it. Let's get Keith in Virginia next on ESPN Radio. Keith. Hey, uh, Chris Candy, I'm talking to you specifically because I'm with you with Carlin's um, trashing of your alma mater and my favorite team. But anyway. There's no trashing of anything. Thank you for being here for your boy, man. I appreciate it, dog. We're huge in Charlottesville, and not just because of him. All right, maybe because of him. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate you, bro. What you got for us? Yeah, two things on Aaron Rodgers. First of all, he's been an enigma for a long time. Doesn't get along with his family off the field. Doesn't get along with his brother. Has dated beautiful women. Never been able to hold one of those. He's been the the, the quarterback that has has complained and griped when others around him are not at the quality that he believes. Um, if I were Mark Murphy. I'd ask for 25 first-round picks until the day before the season starts, and then I would offer anybody that wants to pay two-thirds of his salary and give me a first round next year, they could have him, as long as their name wasn't the Jets. As far as the Jets go, I think they need to look at themselves in the mirror. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Dolphins fan, so anything they do that screws their franchise makes me happy. (laughs) There we go. I really think – I really think – that the Jets ought to look harder at Lamar Jackson, and and I'm not really a Lamar Jackson uh, proponent or hater or either one. I'm kind of neutral on him, but he offers a far greater payoff over the long run than what Aaron Rodgers is going to offer you over two years. I don't care. Appreciate the call. Sounds I think like, you made your like point, Keith. Him. Yeah, 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 he made his point. But I, I'm with him on that one. We both think that Lamar Jackson was a better long-term option for the Jets than Aaron Rodgers, but that's not the direction that they want to go. And quite frankly, the owners around the NFL want Lamar Jackson to be out there as the example of why you shouldn't ask for a guaranteed contract. Canty, last night we saw John Morant in an interview with Jalen Rose on SportsCenter uh, with SVP at midnight uh, talking about what's going on with him the last few weeks. Of course, he was suspended by the league yesterday for eight games, six of which uh, he has already missed at this point and can return early next week. Let's hear a little bit from John ja on when he realized it was necessary for him to get some help. How that I made a you know, terrible mistake you know, being inside. Um, a club and, you know, went live. Um, I put myself in, you know, a bad position. Um, and also, it's, you know, my daughter. Mm. Um, there's times where she even tell me if she's, you know, had a bad day. And you know, I felt like, you know, if she can tell me that, then, you know, I can be able to go and talk to somebody as well. You know, Chris, I think a lot of what we heard from Ja yesterday was the right things. I mean, the things that you're supposed to hear. But at the same time, this is, all feels incredibly rushed. It all feels incredibly rushed with what's going on because it was an earlier this week, he's out there getting help for him for all of this, and then within two days he's out of that. I mean, what exactly are we talking about here when we're talking about trying to really establish yourself as a great young star in the game who's got his head in the right place? He's taking responsibility... Um, he does say things like, I'm not the guy who's portrayed in the media. The problem is, Chris, you get portrayed in the media this way 
when you have multiple incidents that happen. And I don't know what the right time is. I don't know what this looks like for job. Maybe it's all fixed. Maybe all of that. This whole situation, though, feels incredibly rushed on his part, and I worry about who the people are around him who are advising him at this point. Well, I I agree with you on this feeling like it's rushed. Uh, I'm with you on that one. The the eight-game suspension on top of, you know, the the games missed, uh, I guess the discipline that the Memphis Grizzlies doled out, it it just doesn't seem like it's appropriate given what John Morant's pattern has been. And it's been a self-destructive pattern. Mm. But in, in, in all of this chaos, we could have been talking about something that's tragic. And to me, you have to view this incident as a league, as a corporation, through that lens. Not just what happened, but what could have happened. And, and I think that's the part where it gets dicey because what kind of message are you sending to players that might behave in that way in the future? guys that are saying, okay, I'm dealing with some issues, and as a result, I channel my frustration by blowing off steam in the club, and oh, by the way, I'm going to show off having a firearm. Or I might be hosting, uh, you know, a run at my house, guys hooping it up, playing basketball, and I'm going to brandish a firearm at a, a prep star from Texas. Or I might be out at a local mall or, or, or at another venue, and, you know, I flash a gun or somebody in my entourage flashes a gun at somebody else. We're talking about three separate incidences where a firearm is involved and John Morant is in proximity. Yeah. that That's uncomfortable if you're the NBA. And quite frankly, as fans of the game, we should all be uncomfortable. So when we talk about the suspension that the NBA has levied, I, I just – I do feel like it's a little bit rushed. Now, I don't know what the right number is. And quite frankly, I, I think it's impossible to know what that is unless you're close to it and you've spoken with John and you've talked to the people around him because we're talking about a person. And so you just don't know where that right place is as far as the discipline goes. I think this should have been an indefinite suspension and check-ins with Adam Silver, the league office, team personnel, until everyone around the situation is comfortable with John Morant returning to the team, but also John Morant not repeating these behaviors and making sure he's consistent and following up with the care that he needs. I'm with you. It feels incredibly rushed, and by no means is this suspension a deterrent against future actions for any of the other players in the NBA that might decide that they want to carry a firearm on a road trip. Yeah, look, I he said the gun belonged to somebody else. Go I don't back. want to get into all the semantics. I don't though. care. I don't care. Yeah, you, the had gun, the gun, you had the gun you in your hand. You put the gun up there on Instagram. you posted it on social media. You, you did that. Chris, let's talk about this for a second, though, because when you talk about all these instances, who are the guys that are with him? You know, the guys that his house are around him. Uh, I don't know who's with him in Denver, if it's his guys or it's teammates or who it is. I oh, don't it, wasn't feel... te- it wasn't teammates. It yeah. wasn't teammates. Because the, def- the the Memphis Grizzlies had a meeting after the Denver Nuggets game and said, we're not going to go out. Steven Adams led the meeting and said, hey, guys, when we're on the road, we're focused on our business. We're trying to win games. We're not going out. And then John Morant, the best player on the team, proceeds to go out. Yeah. So it's not teammates. It, it's, it's his entourage. It's people that are affiliated with him. 
that, that, are, that are seemingly leading him down the wrong path. People that don't have as much to lose as John Moran. And I'm glad that he pointed that out when he sat down and spoke with Jalen Rose because I felt like that was important to understand the gravity of the situation, to understand what's at stake. Because he's in a position of extreme privilege. Granted, he's an uber-talented athlete. But it's a privilege, not a right, to be a professional athlete, to be involved with the NBA. And he took that privilege for granted. And so a big part of him getting back on the road to redemption is acknowledging that level of privilege and and, and approaching his job and, and making sure that he has the requisite behavior to support his understanding of that privilege. Here he is on this very topic. I feel like in the past we didn't we didn't know what was at stake. And now, you know, finally me having that time um, to, you know, realize everything, have that time alone, I realize that now. I realize, you know, what I have to lose. You know, I can't wait to be back out there on the floor now, you know, knowing what my punishment is. And, you know, I accept that. And, you know, I feel like I deserve, you know, that punishment for, you know, my mistakes and, you know, what I did. But um, when I get back out there, you know, I'm going to be ready to go and ready, you know, push for a ring. Chris, here's the problem, though, okay? It's not just the guys he's hanging out with. It's the guys that are his team. Is the message getting across? Because it needs to at this point. Like, all of these kind of things. To me, it's really problematic when you had the story come out the week before the incident in Denver. So there's already plenty of heat around it. Mm. And then you go out and have something like that where, I mean, it's it's not a situation where you're in the wrong place at the wrong time or other people are trying to provoke you. You just did something exceptionally stupid when you have the microscope on you especially. Who is in John Morant's here? Frankly, who is saying to John Morant, you go away for a day or two and that's it, and then you come back and let's go do an interview? You know, like that to me is just, that doesn't send the message it doesn't that feel- I have fixed what is wrong with this situation. It's, no, you know what, I got it, guys. We're good. Yeah, it doesn't feel contrite. I think that that that's what you're searching for, and certainly that's what I felt when I heard the comments and I actually saw the interview. Um, it, it's it, again, it feels like he's saying what he has to say. Yeah, he's checking the box. Get back to, on he's the checking the box to get back on the court and to minimize the damage that happens to his teammates in the, in their season. That's what that's what's happening right now. And the problem with that is, it feels like the NBA is complicit in all of it. You're just going to go along with it after you've seen this pattern of behavior that was documented in the Washington Post. How, how can you be okay with that as a league? See, that's the other part to this that I don't think we get enough coverage on. Of course, we want to be fair and we want to humanize Ja, and everybody's entitled to making a mistake, but you've made several mistakes exhibiting the same behavior we have to make a statement about what we want our players to be about in this league and to curb certain behaviors or certain things that could lead to something tragic taking place. That's the part that that feels rushed to me. Yeah. There's no reason to get him back out on the court. Let John Morant sit in this a little while longer and let the rest of the league see this as well. Like, I understand – the, the court might be a safe haven, and a lot of times athletes will tell you, like, I, I needed to get back out there for my sanity. Like, that playing, playing ball is my safe haven. I get that. But you have to understand 
when you do certain things, the privilege to be able to play on that court or play on that field gets taken away. Well, this and, I don't, is, and I'm not sure that the NBA allowed Ja to sit in that. Well, this, this is what I would point to. It, it gets a little bit blurry when you have a commissioner who I think you and I would both agree has been exceptionally player-friendly, has really gone out of his way to make the players as much of partners in the league as he can. And this is not a problem. I think it's a great thing that he has established this kind of relationship with players. It's exceptionally important. But, Chris, you got to know when to throw the hammer down. And it doesn't feel like, at this point, Adam Silver is throwing the hammer down. And I, I go back to when we had Mark J. Spears on last week, and he's talking about when this happened with Carmelo Anthony. And when did Carmelo get the message? When David Stern said to him, because you're not just messing with yourself anymore, you're messing with a corporation. And if you do this, you're not going to be here very long, and we have no problem moving on without you. You know, so uh, that's the kind of thing where maybe there are times where Adam Silver just has to be a little bit more heavy handed with players and not as concerned with what the relationship is all the time. It's good to make them feel like they're partners and valued and all that stuff because owners don't do that enough. But you also have to be able to lower the boom when you need to. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On the way, more of your calls, plus more on Ja and our daily dash to the draft. It was not a good day yesterday for one big-time prospect. We will explain. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We're hoping for you with Princeton to be able to wipe the the whole stink of the day off. But so far, not a great start for Princeton, down 14-6 to Arizona. Damn it! Let's go, Tigers! Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Canty's still smarting a little bit from the Virginia loss. It happens. It's it's going to happen. It happens to Virginia maybe a little bit more than others, but it happens. See, was that necessary? Did you have to say that? Once again, stating facts. Wow. <laughs> what kind of teammate are you? You're just let, a let, bad guy. Let's cleanse the palate. Okay, football fans, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. That it is. Let's, let's cleanse the palate with some football. Here we go. Chris, Jalen Carter yesterday had a couple of things happened, uh, one of which was, I guess, okay, and the other was not so good. Uh, the Georgia Pro Day took place. He came in nine pounds heavier than he did two weeks ago at the uh, Combine in Indianapolis. And he was unable to finish position drills because he was cramping up and breathing heavily. Meanwhile, at the same time, uh, we know about what he was charged with. It was Mm -hmm. two misdemeanors of racing and reckless driving. Well, he pled no contest to that. He was given 12 months probation, a fine of $1,000, and requirements to complete 80 hours of community service and uh, defensive driving course. So... He is getting that over with, which was a very dark situation with the loss of two lives where he was accused of uh, racing with another driver or young woman from the uh, Georgia football program. And, Chris, more than anything, here here he is uh, at this juncture and at the pro day two weeks later, what do you make of the fact that he is nine pounds heavier in that moment? He's a person. Yeah. That's what I make of it. I mean, think about what he's been dealing with the last several months. You're talking about the loss of a friend and a teammate in a tragic accident following winning the national title and trying to prepare for the biggest job interview of his life. He gets whisked away because formal charges are filed down in Georgia, and he has to turn himself into law enforcement. So this young man is going through a lot, and, and I would I would ask everybody while he's going through this, to understand that there is a human element to it. And sometimes we dehumanize athletes. Yeah. And, and, and I get it because we're fans. We want what's in the best interest of our team. We just want our, our guys to get better. And it's hard to look at them as a person when it's ugly business at times. But this is a young man that has been dealing with a lot. And so I can understand why he might not be the best version of himself at this pro day. Now, that being said, this is going to have some impact on his draft status because teams are going to look at what happened and they're going to say, okay, this is an issue coming off of a season where we had questions about his sports character and to start with. And so I get it. Teams haven't seen anything to assuage them or make them feel like this is behind Jalen Carter. And so I think that's the part where a lot of organizations are going to be uncomfortable and you've got to make sure if you're drafting this guy, you have a strong culture and strong leadership in your locker room. And, and that, 
that that's going to take a lot. But I understand why Jalen Carter might not have been the best in yesterday's pro day, but he's still a damn good football player. I said this going back to last year, Carlin. He was the best player on Georgia's defensive line. Keep it in mind that that defensive line had the number one overall pick in Trevon Walker. They had another first-round pick in Jordan Davis, who's with the Eagles. And they had another first-round pick in Devontae Wyatt, who went to the Green Bay Packers. He was the best player on that defensive line. There was no question about it. Now, a lot of people didn't know that because he was a rotational guy. He wasn't the starter, but he was the best player. So if you're judging it strictly off of the tape, there's no question that this guy is a top-five talent in this year's class. But we also have to factor in that what happened after the national championship game and his history, his past, there are going to – there are going to be some teams that deem him undraftable with the kind of capital that it's going to take to get your hands on him. Listen, I, I hope that the young man, because I, the loss of life was obviously the biggest uh, part of this entire thing. And uh, living with that has to be incredibly difficult. And then you have everything happen with, Curious timing when the charges come when he's at the Combine. Uh, But he now tries to put this behind him, uh, thinking of his teammate that he lost, thinking of the Georgia team staffer that was lost. And you have to somehow be able to put that uh, in the past and now focus on the future. And, Chris, you know, I had heard that there – Todd McShay had made reference to there were other character issues uh, at work there for Jalen Carter. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm rooting for this guy now. You know, I, I'm rooting for him to be able to, I don't want to say turn his life around, but at least start to be able to move on from an incident and hopefully grow from what happened in all of this to try to find something positive out of it. Yeah, I'm hoping the same thing. Now, one of the things that's encouraging about it and reading more about the reports in the aftermath of the accident, he never left the scene. Like, he did not leave the scene of the accident without being told that he could leave the scene of the accident. So, I mean, that that, that is, when you go through something traumatic like that, your character is revealed. And, and, And so, in a lot of ways, you like the fact that he tried to be there, even though he and his teammate and the staffer made a terrible decision in deciding to race their vehicles. But even with all of the things that he had at stake in that moment, that he didn't run from it and he stayed yeah. there. And so I think that that matters when you're starting to weigh all of these different things. But no doubt this has to be something that he learns from. And I would be curious as to what teams do that are seriously considering taking Jalen Carter at the top of the draft. This is the part where those pre-draft visits leading up to late April matter. I got to get the guy into my building. I have to talk to him, look him in his eyes, and see that level of contrition to know whether or not this is somebody that I can trust in terms of being better moving forward, using this as a learning experience as opposed to allowing this to kind of frame who he becomes, you know, in a negative way moving forward. Yeah, Chris, I mean, listen, I I think about this, and he had so much, uh, has so much in front of him, 
And I, I constantly, I'm glad you brought it up at the beginning because it, and it's such an obvious thing, but it's not the human aspect of this. That when I think about what I was at 20 and 21 years old with nothing like what he has to work with, I made plenty of bad decisions, plenty. And you learn from them and you try to grow from them. And this one became a tragic bad decision. So mm-hmm. at this point, um, I don't think anything is ever going to be of solace to those families. No. Um, and I give, I don't want to sit here and say I give him credit. I just hope for, it sounds so cliche, but I, I don't feel any other way but hoping for peace for this young man. Just to kind of be able to navigate his way through all of this and turn everything into a positive from here on. Um, hopefully this was just uh, something that he can grow from at the most. Yeah, but, but I, uh, that being said, big fella, there is a football side to this. I yeah. would be floored if he wasn't a top 10 pick. Floored. He's still going to get drafted really, really high. There's yeah. still going to be a franchise that invests in him, and, and hopefully he can put this behind him, and this can be something that he uses to help teach other young players to avoid making similar mistakes that led to the loss of life with this particular accident. It's Kentia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So much of what we have talked about today has centered around who needs the Aaron Rodgers deal to happen sooner, the Jets or Aaron Rodgers. I've had a lot of calls, a lot of you chiming in on that. Lines are open for that now. And also in moments, we will shift to the NBA and Kenti. There is an MVP race heating up that we did not expect to be heating up. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty, you know, it was a topic yesterday that really bothered me, and I got to get your take on this. Because there's a war going on in this country that just cannot happen. Mm. It's the war on boneless buffalo wings. Here's the problem. There's a war? There is. There's a war on boneless buffalo wings. Did you see the story? Are you advocating for boneless buffalo wings? Allow me to finish. Okay. (laughs) There is a story of a man who is claiming false advertising and has started a class action lawsuit against Buffalo Wild Wings. Because he says their advertisement of buffalo, uh, boneless buffalo wings, well, they're not actually wings. And so that's, that's false advertising. Kenty, hmm. why, why do people hate the notion that they're called boneless wings when they're still delicious? Why is that? I don't know. I think boneless buffalo wings are a little strange. I, 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 mean, I know. I need my wing to have the bone in it. I, yeah. I, you know, I, listen, I just call me a traditionalist, whatever it is, but 
that's the I, I don't know. I feel like it, it gets a little it's a little murky when we start talking about boneless buffalo wings because it's like, what exactly is this? Hey, listen, is it a chicken tender? If it's just a chicken tender without being fried, they just call it a chicken tender. It's a small chicken tender. That's yeah. what it is. And I, myself, traditionalist, absolutely. I prefer the drumettes. If I could get all drumettes, I would. See, I'm a flats guy. I like okay. Flats. Flats. Did you Have you seen, there's like a new, I don't know if it's a new way, but somebody came up with the way of just sticking the flat in your mouth and pulling the, the bones out on both sides. And it just pops right out. I didn't see that one now. Yeah. It's on TikTok. It's everywhere. I need to, I need to investigate. Okay. So what you do is you take the flat, put it in your teeth, and then you pull out one bone from each side. Almost okay. like you're tying a knot. And it oh, just okay. pops right out. Beautiful. Right. Anyway, point being. It seems like that could be messy if you got wings with sauce on them. Yeah, it probably could be. It okay. probably could be. All right. But here's my point. I don't ever think that we need to downplay laziness in our country, okay? Mm. I would accentuate that, and I'm not going to knock boneless buffalo wings just because they're not technically wings. Call them bites if you want, but don't get so offended if we call them wings to the point where we're going to file lawsuits over it. Just Yeah, I don't understand that. that. That doesn't make any sense. You can go to Buffalo Wild Wings. You don't have to have the boneless wings. They got an extensive menu, so you can have pretty much whatever you want. They got a flavor for everybody, and that's literal. So I just don't get why you would take it so far as to file a lawsuit, spend good hard-earned money chasing after something that really shouldn't be all that offensive to anyone. And at this point, I want to see a point proven in that I want this guy to go to court and I want him to be humiliated. Yeah, I, 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 w- I want him to go to court and have to pay all the lawyer's fees for Buffalo Wild Wings. Exactly. That's I don't want to see want. this. I don't want to see at any point any sort of a settlement, nothing like that. I don't want to see it thrown out, Canty, because I want us as a, as a society to make a point. I want the judge to laugh this man out of the courtroom. And here's the other thing, big fella. If I could put money on it, I would say that it's probably a bad bet that this guy is going to get the result he's looking for. Oh, I totally agree. Yet somehow it's a class action lawsuit. Like, who's joining that? I haven't gotten an email to join that. Have you ever been affected by boneless wings being called wings? <laughs> You're waiting on the commercials now? Yeah. If you... <laughs> Call Whites in Luxembourg. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Canty, I I am blown away by the fact, happy about it, mind you, but blown away by the the span of basically two weeks where we have gone from Joel Embiid being a decided underdog in the MVP to now basically being a pick'em with uh, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets at this point. But to me... Embiid is the MVP of this league and should be. And I understand what Jokic has done for Denver, but, you know, he's won it two years in a row, and it it doesn't even have to do with that. I would argue there's no more valuable player in this league than Joel Embiid. Yeah, and he had it on full display last night against the Cleveland Cavs, and we're not talking about a slouch team. I mean, the Cavs are a top-four team in the East, and to me, that's the tougher of the two conferences, and Embiid put in work. Not only on the offensive end where he dropped 36 points and went a perfect 10 for 10 from the free throw line, but big fella, he had 18 boards and four blocks to go along with his 36 points. 
I, I just I, I mean, excuse me. I, I don't understand why anybody can't see that this is a player that impacts the game on both ends of the court. When you look at Nikola Jokic, his defensive box plus minus looks great. But when you watch the games, he is a liability on the defensive end. Yep. I'm sorry, if you're going to be an MVP, you got to be able to impact the game in a lot of different ways. And the defensive side of things is a huge component of it. So I'm with you. I think Embiid is the MVP of this league. I've been saying it for a while now. It just so happens that all the analytics and the advanced metrics side with Jokic. But if you sit down and you watch the games, and I did. I watched the game last night with the Cavs. I watched the Nuggets lost to the Raptors a couple of nights ago. You can't come away from watching those two games, and I get it, small sample size, and not say that one guy impacts the game on both ends of the court as opposed to the other. I have always been of the opinion that the MVP is something that should be voted on after the playoffs are over. And not just based on who wins a championship, but what I always base my MVP vote, at least my theoretical one, would be on who has the most impact on my team's success. And I think that we can both agree that if that had been the case, Jokic wouldn't have won an MVP yet because it exactly shows what it's been about. What will Rodgers do for the Jets? Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.